everybody. Welcome. We have a special guest today, Frank Chapman, who has been a leader in the movement for community control of police in Chicago. And on Wednesday night, the Chicago City Council adopted this proposal. So we're going to spend most of this hour talking about that. Uh, but before we get to Frank, let me say a few words about this democracy crisis that's been unfolding right before our eyes. And I was pretty upset when I saw Joe Biden Wednesday night on that CNN town hall say eliminating the filibuster would create quote unquote chaos, quote unquote gridlock. I mean, we already have that. And he said, well, the Republicans know better about voting rights. I think Joe Biden knows better. He knows the Republicans are attacking voting rights and uh, putting filibuster reform off the table makes Biden complicit in GOP voter suppression and in partisan gerrymandering. He knows full well that just the gerrymandering that the Republicans will start doing on August 15th, when 16th, when the census data is released, is good for 15 to 20 seats in the House in 2022. They only have a four-seat margin. So he's basically handing the House over to the Republicans. And meanwhile, besides voter suppression and the partisan gerrymandering, which they can already do, you've got these laws for election theft because the Republicans in some of these states are passing laws that transfer the power to certify elections from independent secretaries of states and boards of election to the GOP-controlled legislatures. And really what they're setting up is what they tried to do with that riot at the Capitol on January 6th, start stealing elections right up until the 2024 presidential election. And then, you know, I thought this might be the case. New York Times reporting yesterday confirmed it, that the Biden administration basically given up on voting rights. And they're counting on mobilizing people despite the voter suppression laws to make it harder to vote to overcome them in 2022. In other words, he's given up on the Voting Rights, the For the People Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Now, the For the People Act has good provisions that Greens should support. It preempts these voting restrictions. It ends partisan gerrymandering. It discloses dark money above a certain level that's pretty low. And some other good things. Now, of course, the Greens have been critical of the matching funds public financing proposal because it raises the standard so high it excludes us. But uh, the, and so, you know, that's an issue that we can fight on another day. We got to have our right to vote and uh, have people vote. The voting rights, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act would restore the pre-clearance provisions of the Voting Rights Act, which the Supreme Court gutted in 2013. And as soon as they did, the Republicans started passing these laws in states across the country. But it still leaves the problem. We don't have legislation for this. A few weeks ago, the uh, Supreme Court said, uh, Voter suppression laws that have partisan effect are constitutional. You can't say explicitly we're excluding people because of their race, but they didn't do that during the Jim Crow era. You know, literacy tests and poll taxes didn't say only for black people. It was for everybody. In fact, they not only disenfranchised almost all black people in the South, about half the white people got disenfranchised by those laws. But, you know, the, the ruling elite down there didn't care. So, and now we got uh, a decision out of Arizona, too, a voter suppression law. And the Arizona attorney for the Republican Party was asked by the Supreme Court uh, if this uh, provision that makes voting easier is removed, 
I mean, why are you against that? And he said, quote, it puts us at a competitive advantage relative to the Democrats. And the Supreme Court said, okay, that's constitutional. So that's where we're at. And uh, so, you know, I'm thinking back now to the election where all these prominent public progressive pundits, you know, their last open letter was dump Trump, then battle Biden. You know, what they're really doing is begging Biden because they said, don't vote green, vote for that neoliberal imperialist Joe Biden, and then uh, we'll give it to Trump and, and deal with Biden. But what that told Biden was take us for granted because the left didn't have a strong vote. And, you know, I think really these left intellectuals have given up on a left alternative because they're basically relying on the soft right Democrats to fight the hard right Republicans, even though that neoliberal austerity has sort of fertilized the soil for the kind of reaction and scapegoating we've been getting from the Republicans. So that's why we need the Green Party. It's more important than ever because obviously the Democrats are not fighting for our democratic rights. And we know that as Greens because we know that party suppression is a form of voter suppression. And the Democrats are making it harder for us to get on the ballot. Not only do they challenge our petitions, they pass laws in New York and Nevada and other states aimed directly at the Green Party to keep us off the ballot. And that's what authoritarian regimes do. They, they eliminate their opposition. So it's not the Republicans, it's not the Democrats, it's gotta be the Greens. Um, so it's time for the Greens to step up on this democracy fight. That's, that's what I get from this week, seeing Biden say that and just give up on voting rights and say, well, we'll mobilize the vote and win anyway in 2022 when they're not. So, so how do we step up? Well, it starts with local races and pushing for changing the rules like ranked choice voting, particularly ranked choice voting in multi-member districts. So we have proportional representation and the Green Party gets its fair share of representation and power in legislative bodies. And we're winning, the good news is we're winning some of those fights. Uh, we have good local candidates. We're gonna have them on, these, on this live stream, some of them as we go forward toward the election. And the good news is we're winning ranked choice voting, in some cases proportional ranked choice voting in a lot of cities. I mean, we basically doubled the number of jurisdictions since the election. So this is a movement that's that's gaining. So while Washington is a mess, we shouldn't be despaired and we can do a lot at the local level, which brings us to what we want to talk about today. This is a big victory. You know, our presidential campaign called for community control of the police after this, you know, uprising after everybody saw George Floyd murdered. And we had a long position paper, but at the federal level, all we could really do is say Justice Department can do this and that to encourage it. Police are governed at the local level. And the problem we had is when the police police themselves, they cover up their crimes, their assaults, in some cases, their murders. So that is why we were calling for community control of the police. And Wednesday night, the Chicago City Council voted for this proposal. And we're honored to have with us today Frank Chapman, who has been at the center of this movement in Chicago for community control of the police. And just a little bit about Frank, he was wrongfully convicted of murder and armed robbery in 1961 and sentenced to life plus 50 years in the Missouri State Prison. And his case was taken up by the National Alliance Against Racist and Political Repression in 1973, and he got released in 1976. He'd been incarcerated 14 years. And since then, Frank has been 
working with the National Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression, among other organizations. He worked on international campaigns to free uh, Reverend Ben Chavis and the Wilmington 10, for those of you that are old enough to remember that, free Nelson Mandela, a lot of other campaigns. And for the last decade, he spearheaded this movement for community control of the police as a field organizer for the Chicago Alliance for Racist and Political Repression. And like I said, Wednesday night, city council adopted it. And uh, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, we've talked about that. We've had another guy that Frank knows, uh, Larry Redmond, on this uh, live stream. Uh, so this is welcome news. So, Frank, the floor is yours. Please tell us about the new law, how the campaign organized and won, and what's next. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, Howie. I, I appreciate it. Um, appreciate being here as your guest. Um, so what is Empowering Communities for Public Safety? That's 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 the name of our ordinance, which was passed uh, by uh, 26 votes out of 50 in the city council. In other words, over two thirds of the city council voted to pass this ordinance. And uh, the, the ordinance represents a, 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 a unified movement for police accountability driven by the people of Chicago. Uh, it's made up of uh, two uh, organizations, the uh, the uh, 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 Grassroots Alliance for Police Accountability and the Chicago Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. Uh, we came together and, 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 and put this ordinance together, but also we were supported by, uh, you know, you know, over over two hundred thousand people uh, in, the, in in the communities throughout Chicago. We were supported by uh, over thirteen different unions. We, we were supported by uh, uh, over one hundred uh, faith based organizations uh, involving Christians, Muslims, and uh, and 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 and, uh, and, and, and Muslims. Uh, we uh, so it was it was one of the. I've been involved in this movement for, for over 40 years, and I've never seen a coalition this broad and this deep in my whole entire involvement. Uh, so this was this was really, uh, it was historic just in terms of the, of, the, of the type of coalition that we was able to bring together. Uh, and what we did with, with this coalition is we, 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 we organized in the wards, we organized in, in, in in the neighborhoods to uh, put pressure on the older persons and on the mayor to uh, to pass this ordinance. Uh, it's, it's as a result of that pressure, as a result of that mass organizing, that we were able to negotiate with, with, with City Hall, uh, the most democratic, progressive, uh, uh, you know, system of civilian oversight in the United States at this moment. Uh, on paper, though, that's that's on paper. Uh, but I'll get back to that in a minute. Let me let me tell you now about what what the uh, what what ECPS will transform in the way we do uh, public safety in Chicago. Uh, first of all, it centers the community in the way policing happens. On the uh, district level, residents connect with the local district councils to envision and implement hyperlocal public safety initiatives that meet their community needs. On the citywide level, an 11-person commission uh, will be the voice of the people in policing 
that is making the that would be the policy making voice of the people. So this so this commission will have policy making power. Uh, this commission will consist of all all of the uh, the geographic areas in Chicago, the north side, the south side, the southwest side, and the south side. Uh, it will have uh, hiring and firing power over the chief administrator of the civilian office of police accountability, which is the investigative body that investigates police crimes and misconduct. Um, and we will also we also have provision in there where we will be encouraging non-policing solutions. You know, like one of our main priorities is going to be taking police out of the schools, uh, making sure that, uh, 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 you know, uh, not the police, but, but, but the appropriate people will be called in cases involving people who are mentally challenged. And, uh, and also, you know, we, we're going to stop the racial profiling and, 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 and so on. So we already got, uh, we already got a, a number of policies on the board. If you read the ordinance and you can read the ordinance by going to our website, which is stoppolicecrimes.com, you will see uh, how, how these provisions are, are laid out. Um, the uh, this goes this starts to go into effect on November the first when we will set up an interim commission until we have the elections in uh, in 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 2023. So uh, the next stage of this struggle will be for us to make sure that we get a uh, the kind of commission, uh, the kind of interim commission that's going to be uh, responsible and accountable and held accountable by the community, and then after that, of course. We will be engaged in, uh, in, in, in in an electoral process where we will actually elect uh, members to the uh, to the commission. There will be uh, in the districts we can get uh, we can elect three people out of each district. There's 22 police districts. We decided to make the districts the place where the people vote vote instead of the wards, so that it, 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 so it's not it's not we're not dealing with political horse trading. Uh, so in each police district, we're going to have three representatives elected out of each district. So we're talking about 66 people created as the base of this commission. And then that commission will, 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 will nominate the 11 people that will serve citywide. So, uh, so there you have it. In, in, in a nutshell, that's what, uh, that's what the ordinance is all about. Well, I'm still getting myself off the floor because... <laughs> I wasn't expecting to vote. And, you know, we wrote a long position paper about community control, and I recounted how I, I, coming up in the San Francisco Bay Area, I witnessed the Black Panther Party referendum on community control in Berkeley, 1970. Yes. And then they had a big conference in Chicago, 1973, about community control. And yeah. we got review boards, we got you know, bands on chokeholds like they've had in New York since 1993, but it didn't help Eric Garner. And now that's all the Justice and Policing Act, George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, you know, that's the kind of thing you're doing at the federal level. Really having the police answer to the community, uh, well, you know, sort of went off the agenda for what, almost 50 years. Yeah. Well, and then we, Wednesday night, you got it passed. So, yeah, we've had it on the agenda here since 2012. So uh, this has been a nine-year struggle here. But, you know, our organization was founded at the same time in 1973. So we worked with the Panthers then 
in terms of uh, community control of the police. Uh, and we've always kept that as a part of our organizing program down through the years. It's just here recently with the uh, resurgence of the movement around the murders of uh, you know Trayvon Martin, uh, Eric Garner, uh, Rakia Boyd here in Chicago, and so many, many others, you know, uh, Demond uh, Rice, uh, there's just been a lot of a lot of killings, and uh, uh, so that's fired up our movement, and 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 people are ready for a change. The the moral and political climate created by the George Floyd rebellion, which was a nationwide rebellion, like we've never seen before, 26 million people protesting and demonstrating in all 50 states. That set the moral and political climate for what we uh, what we were able to achieve here in Chicago. Without without that moral and political climate. We don't think we would have been able to get what we got. That plus the movement that we built here on the ground. So, um, yeah, it's real. It's now the law. And and now what we've got to do is we've got to begin to uh, consolidate this victory by making sure that our people participate. And we're gonna we're gonna make sure that because the coalition is not gonna stop. We, we're gonna keep this coalition going to make sure that we participate in these commissions to make sure that we participate in these elections so that we can, uh, 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 you know, keep the people involved in implementing the law, enforcing the law that was just passed. Yeah, it's crucial because getting laws passed is only half the battle because things get on paper and then they're not implemented. You know, like the chokehold in New York ban. That's right. You know, that was passed in 93, adopted by the police department, but they were using it and it cost Eric Garner his life. So we got to stay on top of these things. Well, um, I'm, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, I'm curious. I know, you know, Mayor Lightfoot had a different proposal and by Wednesday night, she'd come around to <laughs> this proposal. What happened? Well, she actually, she actually started negotiating with us before Wednesday night. But what happened was her proposal was like a lead balloon. It, did, it didn't go anywhere, you know? And, uh, and the reason why it didn't go anywhere is because people have seen from over two years of experience that this mayor was not serious about holding the police accountable for anything. It, it, it just wasn't there. And, 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 and the proposal that she put on the, on, on, on the floor was so weak, you know, until even within this, even within her own city council, even even people that she had appointed to positions wouldn't support it. And the reason why they, they couldn't support it is because we had a mass movement on the other side saying something diametrically opposed to what she was talking about. And she was ignoring this mass movement and she thought she could get away with it. She thought she could get away with ignoring uh, hundreds of thousands of people in this city wanting change. And, uh, and then she finally realized that, that that wasn't going to happen, that we wasn't going to go away. And so Thursday, uh, on a Thursday night around 11.30, she, uh, she, she, she uh, notified, had her people notify us saying that she wanted to negotiate. And we went into negotiations on Friday and negotiations went from Friday all the way up to Sunday. And we finally came to, a, uh, uh, to an agreement uh, on, 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 on Sunday night and uh, it was voted out of public safety committee that, that, that Tuesday, that following Tuesday, and then on the uh, twenty on the twenty first, 
it became law. And uh, if you get a chance, look at the uh, look at look at the debate on the city council floor on the day that we enacted that we uh, passed this in, 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 into law. That's that was the most vigorous and vicious and insidious debate that I've seen in that city council ever. Even even, even going back to the days of Harold Washington and Vidoliak, that was a very serious because it showed the fissures in this city in terms of racism, and particularly the racism on the part of the Fraternal Order of Police. They, ca they called out every, they, they, they blew that, waist, that racist whistle real loud because they, uh, they, 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 they tried to criminalize the movement and said that the city of Chicago was putting criminals in charge of a commission over them. That, so they see us as criminals. They see the community as criminals. And, 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 and that's the way they act in our communities. So it's this time to end this, and and uh, uh, we were able to get some of the people who uh, normally vote with them to break with them, because uh, they saw the light. It's time to end this. It's time to have some serious community input into how this city is policed, and 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 and, and we want to have the democratic right to say who polices our communities and how our communities are policed, and and this doesn't fully give us that. Uh, we don't we don't want to tell no lies and claim no easy victories. This doesn't fool, but it is a significant and critical step in the direction of getting that. We got some more fighting to do. We got a referendum in in, in the city council that's going to give the people even more power in terms of uh, having community control of, over the police. So we got to get that we got to get that passed. So what does that referendum do that the ordinance doesn't do? It it, it 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 makes it makes the commission broader and stronger in terms of elections. It creates it creates it creates a, a a bigger electoral base. In other words, it's more democratic. Well, I hope people are taking two lessons from this. One is you can't get community control. But the bigger lesson is you can win. I mean, right now, people are watching Washington getting discouraged. And we can win things at the local level. That's why I keep telling people, you know, you won this in Chicago. We stopped some pipelines where we've got some other fights going on. There are all kinds of local struggles. And those can add up to national change. But you got to build a movement. That's another thing I'm hearing. Yeah, It overcame. You're absolutely right, Howie. Well, maybe it's time to take question and answer. Um, sure. Here we go, Andy Messick. So my question is, how are police unions and other officials gonna fight this being implemented? And how can we help ensure it does move forward? Well, when, we, when the elections come up on the north side of town, they're gonna try to stack the elections. So we, we got to make sure that that doesn't happen. Uh, and, and, and the only way to make sure that is that we use the same coalition that we use to, uh, to get this bill enacted in the first place to make sure that we have uh, the most democratic elections possible. And, and, and to make sure that our people in the movement, one of the qualifications for, for, for being a commissioner is that you have, is that you have to have 
some experience in the movement. So, you know, we, we're gonna we, we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put people in the uh, in, in in the race that's gonna be uh, uh, torture survivors, people who were tortured by the John Burge gang. We want we want them to be commissioners. We want the mothers of these people who some of them are still in prison. They can be commissioners. We want people who have been uh, 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 victimized by police crimes, who've lost their sons and daughters. We want them to be commissioners. And then also we uh, we have a provision where people who are who are undocumented can uh, can be represented. So and we have a we have a provision where people under the age of eighteen can be represented. So we want every 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 everybody in Chicago who's affected by the police to be able to be a part of this commission, to be a part of this process. And the way that we can ensure that it goes forward is we've got to go all out in, in our participation in setting up the interim commission and in fighting in the elections. We got a vehicle, but we got to drive it. Okay, Ms. Leo asks, do you agree that like doctors, cops should also be required to go to school for at least 10 years before they get to hold a gun as a cop? If not, how do you see reform beyond what we've done so far? Well, it's about power. And 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 once we get the get the power in the hands of the people where they decide who polices their communities and how their communities are policed, then all these then all these other things can happen. But in the absence of us having the power to do having power over the police, that I mean, you know. In, in a democracy, there's no reason, there's no political reason why the police should be in control of the community, except in cases where you're using them as, as, as a, as a paramilitary organization, in cases where you're using them for social control. So we can, we can, we can end that. And, 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 and the road that we're going, that we're embarking upon right now will take us to that end, you know, we need to be in control of who is doing the policing and how they're doing it. And that way we can also say, uh, you know, like we can address whatever other issues that come up, like police going, going to school, police training and, and, and so forth and so on. Uh, in the past, police training doesn't work if we are not in control of it. And it's not going to work in the future if we're not in control of it. We have to be in control of the policing. It's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not a question of them being trained and them being educated. It's, it's, it's a question of who's going to be in control of that training and who's going to be in control of that education. And we think the people should be in control. Steve Scott, will this commission review citizen complaints? And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah, you, I didn't hear you. I said go ahead on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because... That's why we're electing three people out of each police district. They will receive the complaints right there in the district, at the district level. Yes, we will. But not only will we receive complaints, we'll act on them. We'll make sure that they're processed. We'll make sure that, 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 that the complaints are fully investigated. And, and, and this is not the case of the police investigating the police. This is the case of us investigating them. Big difference. 
And who can sanction cops for misconduct under this ordinance? We can. That's, that's a huge difference. That's what that's what that's what the police board is about. We right. can sanction them. All the way up to the point of getting them fired, all the way up to the point of getting them prosecuted. So they're working for us, not for themselves. So it makes all the difference. Scout Trooper 164, does yep. the 1994 crime bill have a major influence on the viewpoint of protesters and why the police are heavily violent in Chicago? <laughs> well, uh the the nineteen which which crime bill are you talking about? You talking about the one that Clinton did? Yeah. yeah of course it does. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I just gotta point out because people don't remember this. When Clinton was running for president, when he unfolded his law and order program, which led to this bill, he did it in Stone Mountain, Georgia spiritual home of the Ku Klux Klan with a bunch of black prisoners lined up behind him, most of them black, and a bunch of other Southern politicians. That is your lesser evil. So. Well, there wasn't no lesser evil in my book. That was evil. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the whole law and order thing, black folks know what that is, you know. The whole war against crime thing. That's war against us, and 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 what Clinton did in 1994 was just to set a new stage for mass incarceration, which has been going full steam ahead ever since. And the police are the cutting edge of that. Police are the cutting edge of mass incarceration. So yes, I mean the uh, the person who asked this question is, is right, because the answer is implied in the question. Ms. Leo asks, how do we deal with the fact that there are active KKK supremacists in charge of whole police departments? We fire them. And now you got community control, so you got the power to do it. That's the difference. We fire them. Like, for example, uh, the, the police officer here who is, who, who is the president of the FOP, Katanza, whatever his name is, he, he, just check it out, the president of the FOP here, he supported the insurrection on January 6th. He, uh, 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 him and his predecessors have had uh, open public stances with white supremacists and attacking the, uh, the the black state's attorney's office here. So these people need to be off the police force. They don't need to be on the police force. And so we're going to be working to get them off. That's why I said we need to, we need to have the power to say who polices our communities and how our communities are police. Who polices our communities means no racist cops. Period. Vicki Corden, what do you think of the judicial system? Federalist society judges still side with cops. Well, the judicial system is 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 is, is, is racist and corrupt. 
and it's packed with hacks. Yeah. I mean, and remember, remember, before you see a judge, before you see a jail cell, who do you see first? You see a police officer. That's why we say they're the cutting edge. So it's very important that we get control of this thing at the source. Police, the police are the source of mass incarceration. They're the, they're the source of bringing people before racist, corrupt judges. Okay, Z Manny asks, how do you plan to build public power? And I guess public power can mean two things. One is power of the people generally, or public power as a municipal utility. So why don't you answer the general question, Frank, and I may say a little bit about it. Well, the, the only way I know how to build public power is the way we've been doing it. You know, we organize door by door, block by block, uh, you know, community, community by community, district by district. And we organize the people to put demands upon the system so that we can get the things that we want. We tell people that we may not get all we fight for, but we got to fight for all we get. And, and, and you, can't, you can't make this happen without a mass movement. That's, 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 what, that's what I understand by public power. Now, uh, what we're talking about in terms of uh, this ordinance being enforced, that's an example of how we can bring public power to bear on policies that affect our lives and affect our people. So it's going to be very important for us to participate in what we have set up. We've set up a commission of, of the people to, uh, uh, to, to set policy, to make policy with regard to policing. So we got to make sure that the people show up for that. We're, we're the people, so we got to show up for it. And in terms of public power as power and energy or electricity, it's the same thing. Community control of the police sets up an institution whereby the people have the power if they use There you them. go. Same thing with municipal utilities. We have 2,000 of them in this country, and they provide power at lower cost. And where the people exercise their power, they have done things like uh, the uh, Sacramento Municipal Utility, forget what it was called, but they shut down the Rancho Seco nuclear power plant, you know, about 40 years ago because they said, we don't want nuclear power. We want renewables. And they move that way. So yes. that's what public power, people's power, grassroots democracy, whatever you want to call it, we need it in policing. We need it in the generation and distribution of energy. We need it across the board. And, you know, as Frank said, we, we got to have a movement to win it, and then we got to stay involved to keep it. There it is. So Z Manny asks, they count on you all running out of steam. How do you plan to sustain this movement to see these changes are fully and thoroughly implemented and maintained and safeguarded? Well, we're not going to run out of steam because injustices are going to continue. And that's, and that's where our steam comes from. Uh, we're not running out of steam. Uh, they, 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 they hope they can corrupt some people and buy us out. That's, that's what they're thinking about. You know, the movements generally don't run out of steam. You know, uh, movements movements get repressed, and, and and sometimes they get compromised, and sometimes they get co-opted. You know, and 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 we uh, you know we 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 know about all of those things, and we intend to fight all of them. And not only do injustices give you steam, so do victories, because then absolutely. people get hope, and and they say, hey, Absol we can get more. Absolutely, Howie. Absolutely.
Thank you for that. Eric Gray, how do you persuade, if at all possible, right-wingers to support community control of the police? Well, in Chicago, we we did more trying. We did more with, with, with respect to force them than just persuade them. What we did was we built uh, we built we built campaigns in their wards. We had them. We had their constituents to put pop, to put pressure on them, and we found out that a lot of people in their wards uh, were not were not with them. They had just been so uh, disillusioned by the system. They had been so so demoralized by the system that they had, that they, that they had quit participating. When we gave them a reason to fight and something to fight for, a, a lot of them got opposition from their constituents. So you know, you organize. Uh, you, you you know you organize against them. You know, you know, we didn't we didn't go in and 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 and, and have discussions with them and debates with them and, and tell them, you know, you ought to you ought to support this because that's the right thing to do. We had the people in their wards, the people, the voters in their wards, to go to them to protest and tell them to do the right thing. We had we 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 organized demonstrations in front of their offices, and and these demonstrations consisted of of, of people who lived in their wards. And who vote in their wards? Vicky Corden. Also important to get rid of private prison. More in inmates, more money. What do you think? I believe that's true. I believe we should get rid of prisons. Period. And Miss Leo, what are the policing models that inspire you around the world that give you a good base to start reform? Do you one day? Do you think one day there will be no need for police or any type of outside intervention? You on the other side of revolution, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, you know. Once again, it's 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 a question of power. You know. Uh, once we once we once we get once we take this very important first step of getting power over the police and in our communities then we can regulate the police. And if we want to regulate them out of existence, we can do that too. We can regulate them with regard to the use of force. We can reg regulate them in terms of, of, of shrinking their jurisdiction in terms of what it is that we're going to give them police responsibilities over. We can regulate them. And, 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 and you know, the police have been regulated before. They, 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 they used to didn't carry guns in, in, in New York and, 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 and in England, you know. Uh, so, so we can regulate them, but we got to have the power to do that. And this ordinance is a step in that direction. We got to have the political power to do that. Once we have the political power to do that, we can, we can eventually get, get rid of the police. But the first step is getting rid of this racist, fascist type of policing that's going on in the United States right now. We got to get rid of that. We got to get rid of that now, because that's that's killing people. Scout Trooper One Sixty Four, what budget would you set for the police to ensure that they aren't armed with military equipment? Well, that's going to be a tough fight, and we're just at the beginning of it. You know, uh, we believe that the budget should be cut in Chicago. the The budget here is one point seven a billion dollars that's who that's really bloated there's no there's no there's no human service no social service there's nothing no education 
know nothing in Chicago that gets that much money from city council. So politically, we can stop that. And we're going and we're going to fight that. It starts with it's it starts with taking away some of that money and putting it into the community. That's what it starts with, you know. But budget shifts are not enough, you know. We also have to uh, put pressure on the city council and the people who year after year after year okay these bloated budgets, you know. The neoliberals I'm talking about. So that's going to be a tough fight. But it's a fight that we got to engage in. And I would add city councils. This is an issue we need to raise in a lot of communities. They usually rubber stamp the contracts with the police unions. Absolutely. Which give the police special protections from the law. And uh, the counselors, you know, most cities are afraid of the, the police union. So they just sign that thing and get it off the table. And that's a, that creates problems when you try to hold the police accountable. And, you know, for example, here in New York, uh, if they are alleged to have committed a crime assaulting a, a person, they don't have to answer questions for a couple of days. Whereas if it was you or me, you know, we're down at the county jail answering questions right away. Those kinds of things. So that's another area where, uh, you know, we got to pay attention to what city council is doing with those police unions. Absolutely. So, Scout Trooper, do you think part of the reason racism is still present within our justice system is because the people running it refuse to let go of the past? Yeah, that and also because they're making money. Uh, you know, the prison industrial complex is based on penal slavery. They're, 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 they're making super profits off of prison labor. Uh, and most of that prison labor that we're talking about, they're making super profits off, or, or a, great, a great percentage of it is, is, is black and brown. So it's like, it's, 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 it's like a reflection of the whole entire history of the country. You know, uh, the reason why people held on to racism with regard to slavery is because, you know, they, they, were, making, they were making a whole lot of money, you know. Uh, slavery was profitable to slaveholders. And so, uh, of course, they didn't want to give that up, you know. And then after that, Jim Crow, they didn't want to give that up either, you know. So, yeah, 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 I, I, I think part of the reason racism still uh, is present within our justice system is because people don't want to give it up. And we, we need to examine the reasons why they don't want to give it up. But it, but we're not asking them to change their minds. We're trying to give. We're trying to empower our people. We're trying to empower our people to take that power away from them. To take you take that power away from them. Like uh, Kwame uh, Kwame Ture, uh Also, you might know him as Stokely Carmichael once said, "If you are racist and you're in power, I got a problem. If you are racist and I'm in power." You got a problem, so it's about who's got the power. We got to take we got to take that power away from them. Gary Brown, what about a movement to get civilian review boards back in control of the police? Nah. <laughs> yeah, the civilian review boards. First of all, they, they don't work. <laughs> Yeah, that was a substitute for community control. It, 
they foisted on us. The, yeah. the point of this ordinance is that, you know, civilian, and I like the term civilian, I like citizen. Because you say civilian, it implies the police or the military. And it's, you know, we don't want to occupy and force in our communities. We want officers that serve and protect. I always go back to the Black Panther poster about that referendum in Berkeley. And it said, pigs or policemen? In other words, are we going to be abused by this force or are they going to work for us? And uh, so it's about community control. And the review boards, that's what we've had. And they just, they give their advice, which is ignored to the extent they even challenge the police. So this community control is a different, different animal. Ms. Leo, can free speech be free or does it have to be censored? Should that also be added into this policing reform since our now our posts and media content is being violated and viewed unconsensually? I think she's referring to uh, media companies knocking people off their platforms. Well, you know that's that's that, that's that, that that all depends on what you call free speech. Uh, can free speech be free? I don't think free speech has ever been free. You know, again, it's about who's in power. It's about who's in power. Should the Ku Klux Klan be free to advocate uh, uh, murder and torture of black folks? Should they be free to do that? Should Trump be free to go to, to, to advocate the uh, 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 the same thing because he's the president of the United States? You know, uh, I don't think so. Well, my opinion is you don't. That, that's that's always been a hairy one because yeah, we've we've had people on our side all the way up until it gets to this question. You know, is what is the free speech for? And who is it for? Yeah, well, my concern is you give the state the power to regulate speech, they're going to regulate our speech. I ain't talking about giving the state the power to do anything. Okay. Then it. Then what about these companies? That's another thing. And I think the problem is they're controlled by little oligarchies. So they have too much power. And I agree. You know, I, agree. We need, I, don't, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, we got to democratize the media so we can... We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not going to argue with anybody about that. Yeah, you know, the Facebook problems. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, can See, be it can be a platform for racists <laughs> very easily, as, 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 as the past has proven. So Z Mining wants to know, what's the best way for people to support your efforts? Go to our website right now, stoppolicecrams.com or uh, caarpr.org. And there's a list of things on there that you can do. Uh, also, the, uh, the the ordinance is on there. Uh, uh, so I'm going to say just as, as a blanket thing, you can join the National Alliance Against Race and Political Repression. And we got a website, so go so go to our website and join us. 
You don't mind me making that recruitment speech, do you? You can make a recruitment speech. <laughs> Probably got a good one. People can use it as a model. Well, that's that's it. I just did it. I I, I did it, and I asked you for permission. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, no, no. I think uh, I was hoping I hadn't stepped across the line. No, you didn't, and uh, I think within the Green Party, people need to be a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if the word's aggressive, but just assertive in saying, join us. Here's yes. how to get involved. Uh, sometimes people are like waiting for people to ask. And they're waiting for us to ask them. So don't sit around yeah. waiting. Start talking. Well, thank you for that question. Z again. overall, what other control do you have over which resources are involved and how they're allocated? I guess he's referring to the Chicago Community Control Ordinance. Uh, well, the the, the other the, re, the resources involved would be the budget, and and at the present moment we don't have no control over that. We have say on it. We have input. We uh, uh, uh we uh we can uh, uh you know we can we can we can we can we can uh, give our ad, ad, advice, but at the present moment we don't we don't have any control. The the city council has control over that budget. And, and 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 that's going to be a political fight. We're going to have to. Uh, 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 we're going to have to get it. Now we 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 are fighting them around the question of the uh, the, the, the contract with the FOP right now, and uh, and 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 so far we've been able to get the city council to not just give in to the FOP's needs. For the first time, there's uh, there's there's. There's some serious negotiation going on, and uh, and and you know we're trying to get them to take things out of that police contract. That, uh, uh, but one of the main things that needs to happen is they need to they need to cut their budget. That 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 needs that, and that's going to be that's going to be a long a long fight. Count Trooper 164, do you believe that the reason things such as the police and military get bloated budgets is because government wants everyone to fall in line, even if it makes people dumber? Sure. That's that's uh, that's, that's basically true. Not only do they want to fall in line, is they, 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 they want to have social control. They want to control us. And the main thing they would have controlled is keep down rebellion, keep down protests, keep down uh, 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 social unrest. That's, 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 that's what the police are for largely today. That's what the FBI is for. That's what the Homeland Security is for. That's what the police are for. To hold us in place, to keep us from getting out of line to keep us from fighting and organizing to change this system and make it make it better for human beings. They want to put profit before people. We want to put people before profits. So they're maintaining that system by force. Scout Trooper 164 asks, if you had the ability to reform the police, would you try to have them put more emphasis on seeking out serious issues of crime, such as the Sinaloa cartel. Well, 
number one is I, I don't I don't I'm not advocating uh, reforming the police. We're advocating controlling. That's not the same thing. You know, again, this 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 raises questions that we we have to have the power in order to to, to, to deal with those questions. That's the question of how the police police in our communities. We can't address that if we don't have control of them. So the first step is to control is for us to be in control, for the community to be in control of the policing. Then we can put the emphasis where we want to put it. Uh, my, our, our primary concern is what the police do in our community. What they do in our community is that they occupy our community like a, like a military force, and they are the judge and the jury and the execution in our community. So our first, our first priority is to stop that. That's our number one priority. Amy L. Sachs says, no questions from me. Just want to wish Mr. Chapman the best for his projects. Chicago's a great place. Always enjoyed my visits there pre-virus. Right on. Thank you. <laughs> That's a good, a good comment. Thank you. Well, it looks like it, Howie. Uh, yeah, the question will come down. Yeah, I actually have people in Chicago. I got ancestors buried there. Uh, oh, yeah. been there for a while. But uh, I think, yeah, I like Chicago, too. Yeah, it's a great working class city. Got a hell of a history. Okay, here we go. Uh, Scott, uh, Steve Scott Newman asked, what was the other site mentioned? I think that was you, Frank. Okay, I mentioned uh, stoppolicecrimes.com. That's one. And C-A-A-R-P-R, -R, that's the acronym, dot org, O-R-G. And also, uh, 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 NWARPR.org. That's the National Alliance, NAARPR.org. Zimani asked, do you have any plans to mobilize first further media support for your work? Absolutely. Ideas? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. We, we, sure we do. We have we have uh, we have we have a media a media committee that's working on that right now as I speak. Somebody said we can wind down. Yep, almost. What shaped your life to get you involved in this work? Well, I was sentenced to life and fifty years in prison when I was nineteen years old, and uh, that's how I got involved in the movement. A, uh, a, a an Irish priest by the name of uh, Father Clark, who's uh, who's 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 uh, whose parents had been had been coal miners and had been involved with the Molly Maguires. He uh, 
he was against the death penalty, so he came to visit me. And he was a perfect stranger talking to me about, uh, you know, how I deserve to live and not be and not be murdered by the state of Missouri. And uh, I was very much impressed by that since I was facing the gas chamber at that time. It was in 1961. And when I went to prison, you know, uh, I, I, this guy stayed on my mind. And so I started reading and, 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 and trying to find out ways to, uh, to get out of prison. Uh, I met people in prison who were, uh, uh, who were political and uh, they also gave me books to read. And uh, I became involved uh, in, uh, uh, you know, reading socialist literature and, uh, and, and, and reading, reading about the Black Panther Party and whatnot. And so I reached out of prison to, uh, to the Communist Party, the Black Panther Party and other, and other groups that I'd heard about. And they uh, and they reached back and they started helping me, you know. And when the National Alliance Against Race and Political Repression was was, was formed, they adopted my case as a uh, as a priority case, uh, because while I was in prison, I also fought the racial segregation that was going on inside of the prison I was in, and we were su successful in desegregating that prison, because we were able to join to join in unity, uh, black and white prisoners in that fight which was a hell of an accomplishment, you know, because uh, a lot of the white prisoners that were very racist. So that's how I got involved. And once once I came home, uh, due, to, due to the work of people like Angela Davis and whatnot, once, once I came home and I saw how the movement was, 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 was really doing some serious work in terms of uh, getting people like me out of jail, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, changing the system. Uh, I, 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 I got involved and I've been involved ever since. Well, Frank, is any, anything else you'd like to tell people before we sign off here? Yeah. Join the movement against racism and political repression. I'm, I'm going to say it again because I believe that, you know, uh, we are 90% of the reason why Shit is going the way it's going in this country, you know. Uh, we started out bad. We started out bad. We started out with genocide and slavery. That's how the United States started out, you know. And so it's very important for us to be involved in this struggle against racist and political repression because that's the only thing that's going to save the country and that's going to save the planet. And I, and I also support the Green Party and what they're doing 100 percent. Well, thank you, Frank, for coming on and, and telling us what happened in Chicago. I hope people, you know, what I'm urging people, not get discouraged. You can watch the national news and see the nonsense going on in Washington, the attack on our democracy, and feel powerless. But we can win, and, it, you know, we can build movements locally and start winning there. And this is a case where we have... And as Frank says, getting the law passed is only the beginning. Got to stay involved. But, you know, I'm just in, hoping people will be encouraged by this and uh, spread the movement for community control. That really, I think, you know, the way I put it, if the police police themselves, they're going to get away with the crimes they've been committing. And that's the lesson we learned from the last 50 years of review boards and all this uh you know, and regulations about what they can do or not, like chokeholds, as long as they can 
discipline themselves, they aren't going to get themselves disciplined. And that's so they, they have this impunity. So this is so important, what happened in Chicago. So that's number one. And I guess the last point I'll, I'll make for those of you uh, want to spend two hours talking about the Eco-Socialist Green New Deal. I'll be on a podcast tonight with Joe Firestone, and that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, Google Joe Firestone. If uh, Saturday night from 9 to 11, you don't want to talk about Eco-Social Green New Deal, it'll be posted on online uh, later in the week. But uh, that's the next thing I'll be doing. And uh, next week, we'll be back. And uh, I'm hoping to have one of the local candidates I talked about on so we can, uh, you know, see what Greens are doing in some of these local races coming up this fall. So thank you, everybody, for being here. And thank you, Frank Chapman. Telling us what's been going on in Chicago.